Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Welcome everyone, I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward who has over 10 years in the markets. Hi everyone, how are you? We follow a simple format on the podcast which sees us talking about the top three financial stories in the news and this week we're looking at Manchester United, Skyworks Solutions and the FTSE. First things first though Henry, how's your week been? The week has been quite difficult for anyone who's a stock trader. So we've had a phase two or a pullback. Or if you speak to the Joe Soap that's on the road, that's trading it and trying to make some money out, it's, that's been a crash over the last three or four days. But it hasn't. It's just been a market correction. We needed it. But a lot of people with the fear of um, the market dropping again have now jumped out of their trades and uh, scared money, uh, as they say. If you're a trader... FX is it's where it's been. You have crypto hasn't really moved from Bitcoin hasn't really moved from that ten thousand mark. So FX is where it's been, and with the dollar weakness that's been going on over the last month and a half to, to two months, then it's been really really nice. So anything anything against the US dollar has been quite profitable over the last week. Let's start with topic one now, which I know you've been very excited to start talking about, which is football and more specifically Manchester United. Obviously, after months of lockdown, the Premier League returns this week. As a Liverpool fan, how happy are you about that? Oh, am I I'm, I'm happy about talking about Manchester United? No, I'm not at all. <laughs> and, but as a football started back, I am absolutely ecstatic. Two wins, and then we can actually lock the whole season down again. And <laughs> I still might be putting a little asterisk next to your title. I could not care less. A win's a win. A win is a win. <laughs> 30 years to wait, but uh, fair enough. Well, Manchester United, if you didn't know, is one of the few football clubs around the world, along with the likes of Juventus, who are actually listed on the stock market. So obviously we've had a bit of a, a break in play. How important is it to their stock price that football is resuming and how much of an effect will it have? Well, like most clubs, it's affected everyone. So it's affected, it doesn't matter about clubs, it's affected every market out there, every every stock. We've had a drop from coronavirus. So we've saw the high of Manchester at $18 and it went the whole way down to the low of $12, which is a 30% drop wiped off their, right off their stock price in a very, very short space of time. It's the same as in most stocks. Now, since then, we, we've seen a little bit of a rally, but... What we've also seen is the likes of Newcastle going in on to, to furlough with people losing their jobs. We have seen um, players taking pay cuts. So some people say it's nice to see these huge profitable football clubs struggle, but it also means that we have now had these big conglomerates, these companies that we actually love, football we all we follow, has had a huge pullback. It's had a, a huge discount. And that's one of the good things about what's after happening. But yes, um, football starting up is massively, massively important to their stock. On the recent Deloitte Money League, Manchester United came third behind Real Madrid and Barcelona. And so on the commercial side, they're one of the, the leaders still, even though their, their performances on the pitch aren't doing quite so well. Maybe they're on a little bit of a resurgence with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, getting a little bit more out of their players than previous managers. 
In terms of their share price, what's more important, their commercial revenues that they're able to generate through sponsorships, ticket prices, et cetera, et cetera, or how they're doing on the pitch? Oh, massively what they're doing on the pitch. If you look back, uh, Manchester United have their all-time high, which was in 2018. So since 18, they're in a massive downward trend. So for the last two years, they've been, I wouldn't say hemorrhaging money, but they're losing the marketplace, losing their value that's in the market. Now, whereas you look at someone like Liverpool, who was actually in the very, very opposite trajectory. Now, if you have a look at Liverpool, their stocks have, have risen now. And I mean stock as in their marketplace, their revenue are driven in because Liverpool are not on the stock market, but they are getting more and more sponsorship. They're bringing in more and more pay-per-view. They're getting more and more money from the Premier League and the Champions League because they are doing well on the pitch, whereas United are in the opposite curve. The good thing about this is, is that we have had a huge drop since 2018. Whereas if United can turn their fortunes around on the field, then the upside is exponential because like you said, they are the third biggest company in the world. That's football the, company you're talking about rather than... Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah football. We're, we're talking about football. So. <laughs> and, but the revenue is, is, is unbelievable for a club that hasn't been in the Champions League in, what, three or four years? Um, they, they tend to lead the way in terms of sponsorships. So the structures that they implement are then followed by other clubs. I'm just thinking back. I think they were the first to split their shirt sponsor from their training sponsor. And now what might happen is uh, in the next round of negotiations, there's talk that, again, once Chevrolet come off their front of shirt, they will then split the home front of shirt sponsor with their away sponsor, or equally their European sponsor will be different to their Premier League sponsor. So they are very much at the forefront of that commercial revenue model. It's just their performances on the pitch, which seem to have been lacking over the last few years. But I'm yes, actually an yes. Arsenal fan, so perhaps I would rather be in their shoes than, uh, than an Arsenal fan's shoes. United have the branding, they have the network, they have the partnerships. Is Once they start doing this, there is huge upside. Now, one of the things that we do as clubs and investors, we invest in things that we love. So invest in the brands that you love. And, and one of the, the best loved brands out there is Manchester United. Go on. Well, that's what I was going to say is, what, what's the percentage do you think of people investing in Manchester United who are fans versus people who actually see value in Manchester United, the company? They sort of amalgamate into two because... For me, just say Liverpool was floating on the stock exchange. To me, I would up, I'd buy them up straight away. Really makes no difference to me whether they're profitable, whether they're not profitable, whether I'm buying them at a high, whether I'm not buying at a high. But you have investors who can potentially come in and go, oh, I like Manchester United or the Juventuses of this world. But the idea is, is that you invest in the club. Why? One, because you love them. And two, because there's, there's huge upside. And it's something that we have to work on. Now, from 2018, they have been in a massive downward trend, but it's one of those what things that it can be rectified. All it takes is a little bit of astute buying on the market. As a huge Liverpool fan, will you or will you not be investing in Manchester United shares? That is the big uh, question. 
Absolutely not. I would not under any circumstances. <laughs> Could they be before the best performing stock in the world and you still wouldn't <laughs> invest Absolute, in it? Absolutely not. It's like at the high, they were at $27 um, in 2018. Now they're at $16. So they have loads of potential to run. You, all, you almost have you have about an 80 to 75%, to 80% upside if they can get on-fields sorted out, which you would expect over the next three or four years to happen. Let's move on to topic two, because I know we could probably talk about football all day. (laughs) Uh, So topic two is Skyworks Solutions. Skyworks manufactures semiconductors for use in radio frequency and mobile communication systems. It's basically one of the companies who's winning or at least at the forefront of this 5G race that we've talked about. Um, So how have their stocks performed through these last couple of months? Well, their stocks have been doing massively well. You have a a low of the 14th of March, which was about $68, and now went up to a high, which was a couple of days ago, up to $38, and which is almost 100% return on investment. Now, why this has been such an upturn is because they have really, really good marketplace they also have invested an awful lot of money in this. But also, secondly, is that 5G is one of these progressive things that are going to happen in the future. It is going to take over from 4G. So what we're looking to do is if you're a savvy investor, you're looking to invest in something that's going to happen next year or the year after. There's loads of upside in the likes of this if you can get your entry correct. 100% growth is pretty impressive over a few months. How would a stock grow that much in such a short period of time? Well, Dylan, it's like anything. It all comes down to your quarterly returns. Now, if you look at their second quarter returns, which were released on the 4th of May, it was much, much better than expected. So the price per earning on share came in at £1.34. Now, whereas the, the general marketplace, which was expected, was £1.33. Now, doesn't sound like a lot but once you add it up it comes to 766 million is what their revenue brought in but their expected revenue was 757 that is nine million more than what was expected which is a huge upturn on what they were what they were trying to achieve this has obviously generated a lot of media attention i mean i've seen various articles over the last few weeks reporting this data off the back of that Naturally, a lot of investors will jump in and hope for these returns to keep going in one direction. However, on the flip side, too many people now in, there could be a retractment. Skyworks reported encouraging momentum in their 5G and Wi-Fi 6 chip solutions in the second quarter. Now, one of the big reasons for this is because they don't have all their eggs in one basket. They have automotives, they have security systems, they have patent monitoring systems, and then they have mobile hotspots. So they're all revenue streams that can come in. Now, something that was a big coup for them is that their their Mexican plants, which was opened up from the coronavirus lockdown in April, which meant that their supply chain was actually released and they could actually get all the stuff out to people. Okay. Now, one of the big things that we have also with the likes of the 5G is that we already have Samsung and we also have Hawaii who are already have launched smartphones with 5G connectivity. 
But there's only one company out there that, that sort of hasn't, one of the big ones that hasn't. And yes, you're, if you're thinking and you get it right, it's Apple. It's got to be Apple, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, by far it, the largest market share in the world. Apple, Apple haven't released a 5G phone as of yet. Now, what they're doing is the next month or two, they are releasing their next release, depending on COVID availability, whether they can actually get the shipping and distribution correct, then it is planned to come out this month. That's rather annoying when I've just bought a new iPhone, not realizing there's going to be another one coming out. That's the problem with phones. Oh, there's always, there's always another one coming out. And this is, and this is it. And with the 5G capability, you would expect it, Apple to kick on from strength to strength. But one of the, the huge things with Apple is that 51% of Apple's revenue in 19, 2019 was actually from their phones which means then that you have 51% of all revenue going into 5G again. Now, the idea is, is this will take a couple of years for 5G to pick up its proper head of steam. But over the next year or two, you should, we should see an upturn on any company. So you have the likes of Nokia, you have other companies out there that are actually are in the 5G zone. And it looks like the likes of Guyworks have hit the ground running and they are above their competitors at the minute. And that is something that we need to look into, look at why, and there's reasons painted out there before you, that, and that's why. So there is loads of market room for this to go when, when Apple actually released their phones and everyone is actually on the 5G network. Well, let's move on to our third topic then, which is the FTSE or the UK 100, which is what it's called on the Tory platform. So the FTSE has been covering fairly nicely over the last few weeks, um, slow and steady. Unlike the US markets, though, which have just reached an all-time high, why haven't we recovered quite like the US? Well, Dylan, at 2.5 trillion, you can buy your own V-shaped recovery, if you like. <laughs> Trump to the rescue. Yeah, well, see, that, that, that's it. Is, uh, himself and his cronies have, have cocked up the scheme that means that we have a V-shaped recovery. And if you look at the likes of Bloomberg or any of those, that's all you ever hear about is this V-shaped recovery and things are an all-time high. But if you look at the European markets, they have progressed, but much more naturally. That's a huge amount of money that's been pumped into the markets. Would you say our recovery is more sustainable then? Uh, and much, much more, okay? Because we, we haven't had anything like the, the trillions of dollars that the US market have actually pumped in, which means that our recovery is much more natural. It's from people investing in the companies. It's from companies recovering from the release of the lockdown. It's all that coming together and we're slowly coming out of it, whether it's mining, whether it's industry, whether it's retail, we're all slowly getting released from that. And we're slowly going back into the market. And that's, that's very, very promising to see. But remember, it's not all rosy and happiness at the minute. Stock prices at the moment are very volatile. And so with the FTSE, how often do um, the hundreds of companies which make it up actually get reallocated? So that changes every three months. So you have the likes of EasyJet, the likes of AJ Bell, who have actually been demoted down into the FTSE 250. Why? Because your market cap is not big enough. But you have the likes of JD Sports who have actually come up, which means then that, yes, the, the, the top 100 stocks are now getting stronger, but it also means that the, the ones who are doing badly have just dropped down into a different league, which means then there'll be less people looking at the likes of EasyJet, less people looking at the likes of AJ Bell and investing in them. Why? Because the FTSE 100 is very prestigious. And to give an example is... 
Unilever. Now, Unilever is built up of five or six different companies all together. And what they've done is they wanted to consolidate that and put it under one name. Now, they were on the Dutch exchange. So what they've done is they moved from there over to the UK, which is the FTSE, and then had consolidated there. So if you look at the likes of the FTSE, you have Dutch companies, you have Irish companies, you have South African companies. You know what I mean, there's loads of diversity in the likes of the FTSE 100. So it, it's a very, very good market to invest in and for companies to come into it. Why? Because people are always searching the FTSE 100 and seeing what companies are in there. So is the FTSE something that you're looking to invest in at the moment? Absolutely. Literally, I got triggered in today into a trade, but it wasn't a FTSE. It was the German DAX had a a slightly better setup than the FTSE. But when you look at the the FTSE, the German DAX, the French CAC or the Stock 50, so they all have the same sort of setup. So I got triggered into that and I'm almost 1% up on it already. And because I expected that to be the bottom of that sell-off. Now, people were talking about that a recession on the U.S. market there over the last three or four days. It happened on the European markets. It also happened on the Asian markets. But all that was was a phase two. And when I found a nice support level, took my trade, and it's now running quite profitably today. So hopefully now over the next couple of days, it'll run along and hits its take profit at 3%. Great. Well, that wraps up our top three topics for this week's podcast. Before we end, though, what other sectors uh, do you think that listeners should be keeping an eye on? Oh, well, it's, it's back to the same one. It's either back into the stocks here that have, are slowly starting to take off in their phase ones again, or if you want to go into a completely different market, is the FX. We still have dollar weakness that is still going to continue. So it, for me, it's, it's looking at that dollar weakness and, and just trying to monetize that as much as you can, because if dollar's weak, it means it's every other currency is stronger than it. Now, if you look at the likes of the strongest currencies out there, the likes of the Aussie and the likes of the Kiwi, they're two ones that we're looking at to trade against the the US dollar. But the likes of crypto hasn't really moved anywhere. XRP hasn't moved anywhere. So it's not something I'm looking to do at the present moment. It's just either the jumping in on the likes of, of new stocks or the indices or potentially the FX. Well, thanks for that. Every week you're putting on a uh, markets update webinar, aren't you, for listeners? And so do you want to just tell people how they can register for that one? Well, look, it's very, very simple. You just type eToro Trading School into Google and then scroll down to the one that has webinars, trading courses, podcasts, etc. on it. Click on that and then go to the register page. And then you can actually pick, we run three different ones. One is the online trading course, which is broken up into three parts. It generally starts at 2.30 and finishes at 4. Then we have the in-house events. Now, unfortunately, the in-house events are not running at the minute, but they've, I've turned them into webinar events. And then the last one then is a Tuesday webinars where I will go through topics that you guys want to go through and see what's happening and give my view on the topics that you are looking at or the stocks that you're looking at. Perfect. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. We hope you've all enjoyed listening. We will see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.